0: Welcome everybody to the Movements podcast and we're speaking again today to uh, Nathan who's in South Asia. Welcome Nathan.
1: Yeah Steve it's good to connect again.
0: And uh, we've, we've spoken so far this is sort of a, a step back big picture look at developing and implementing a, a plan for for church planning movements and uh, we've looked at Envision and we've looked at uh, how you enter an unreached field or an empty field and today's topic is um, is sharing the gospel so tell us a little bit more with how that topic fits into your your overall action plan for for making disciples
1: we're talking through those five parts of a church multiplication plan one at a time in these podcasts and uh, like you said we've gone over envision which is just the the need for uh, seeing the end, seeing and knowing where we're going, what, where God is going. Now we talked about then the farmer, if if, if that is the, the context for us in the kingdom parables and other places. The, the farmer needs to enter a field, as we discussed last time. And now we come to the seed sowing. Now we come to him scattering the seed, that uh, primary element of the kingdom, you know, the unre, uh, unreducible element of the kingdom that... that, that the gospel represents that, uh, how does he sow that in the, in the field? And then, of course, in, in the, the coming podcast, we'll talk about uh, the, the new growth that comes. How does he nurture, protect, water, fertilize that new growth? And, in a sense, uh, discipleship is a topic then. How does he cut and bundle his church formation? And from the harvest, how does he multiply seed and grain? Uh, in the form of new leaders as they move forward. Those are our five parts. Hmm. Entry, gospel, discipleship, church formation, leadership, multiplication. And today, of course, uh, is the the second field or the second uh, part, the gospel presentation.
0: Okay, and tell us a little bit more about uh, the gospel presentation. What does does that look like, Nathan?
1: Well, first of all, we've... uh, if we're going about the, the kingdom business in our it starts with our personal disciplines so as we take up this topic there's going to be value Steve in just looking at what is the pure gospel uh, identifying that in scripture yourself becoming convinced personally not just what is the gospel message but what does God expect as response to that message uh, ultimately, ultimately unto salvation we need to we need to search those things out and nail them down in our heart and our life and our ministry among our partners and in our first of all in our personal disciplines because if we're not convinced personally what that gospel seed is and what it takes for a person to respond to that what those signs of response are we won't recognize uh, the, the genuine kingdom growth uh, and secondly, Beyond our personal disciplines, how do we mobilize seed sowers? Again, the need to nail down what is the pure gospel and what is the expected response, uh, inspired response, that the Holy Spirit works in such a way confirming that seed. What can we expect in the life of new believers as they respond to that seed in order to... uh, Uh, To move forward in training others, we have to, like I said, we have to examine and and come to conviction in our heart in those two areas.
0: Okay. And so at the heart of that is people need to do some work in understanding what the gospel is and the response that we're looking for uh, in, in, in the lives of the people that we're sharing with.
1: That's right. That's right the gospel message and the 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 lord's expectation of response and and then once those things again are defined they they inform our personal disciplines and secondly they inform our training how we will mobilize uh, others to do the same
0: what do you mean by they inform our personal disciplines
1: well consider uh, consider a field like uh... we've talked about that we are trying to engage here in south asia you know, it's a polytheistic culture, a polytheistic uh, worldview, that, there are, that everything is God, that anything can be God. Uh, in fact, is uh, every street corner in the nation where I, I live uh, carries someone who claims to be the Lord. And if we have not understood what makes Christ unique, what what were the made his efforts his sacrifice salvific for mankind, and secondly, how people are to respond to that message mm. unto salvation if we haven't examined those things and pursued truth from scripture in those areas, our personal disciplines will be sloppy if I can say it that way they'll be messy they'll be uh, uh, can often bring confusion to our mm. our efforts as opposed to clarity and and not that we can be precise, per se, because the, every person that we share with, every audience we share with, will have different challenges, different barriers in their heart to, to come to the gospel. But when you... I've learned, Steve, personally, when we examine those elements, especially perhaps even on the reception, what God expects of the receiver of that seed of that gospel, we can begin to recognize as the partner of God... And that's what an evangelist is, one who partners with God to share the good news of Jesus. We can begin to recognize the Spirit's work, and we can begin to see, hey, he's investing himself in this scenario. And like I said, this is the topic, this is the area, perhaps more than any other, where you can witness a miracle. You can witness the new birth, the regeneration of the Spirit when someone accepts. And... Uh, and just beyond your your effectiveness in evangelism, this is your walk with Christ. Where are you going to... There's not a, a higher level of intimacy, if I can say it that way, in walking with your, our Savior and our Lord than seeing Him invest Himself in the hearts of non-believers. Mm-hmm. And you learn how to recognize His work in the, the growing response you know, of, of that person who's considering the gospel, perhaps for the first time. And you'll fall in love with seeing his hand move. And it really does, it has the potential to become partnership. That's what evangelism is. We are partnering with the Holy Spirit. And and for that reason, I think uh, Scripture needs to inform our discipline of sharing Mm. so that we can see his hand move. Mm. We can recognize his activity.
0: Yeah. So this may go to something I'm, I'm fond of saying these days, that the reason that people aren't coming to faith in the sort of modern and postmodern worlds in the West is um we're not sharing with them. We've we've oh, lost yeah. our confidence in the gospel. Uh and we're we're seeing the giants of uh you know other beliefs and uh cultural trends and we, we feel like we're a dwarf. Um and uh and so whatever we might know intellectually it, it's not gripping our hearts so when we go and connect with people we 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 don't have confidence in the truth of what we're saying and in it, because paul talks about the gospel not just being a, a set of statements but um it's it's a power in itself that that this is the That's power right. of god at work uh right. to, to save people um then regardless of you know the opposition we might face the power of God is at work through this message. Is that the sort of thing that you're, you're saying? I,
1: I agree 100% with everything I just heard, Steve. Mm-hmm. The, uh, again, this is, this is your faith 101. Having the opportunity, it's the basic foundational teaching, having the opportunity to interact with the Holy Spirit of God as He invests Himself. Through the gospel message, I don't, I can't explain why Steve the Lord chose to use earthen vessels, you know, uh, a corruptible priesthood, to to be the herald or the proclaimer of His message. He could certainly have sent the angel from heaven to to proclaim to the whole world, mm. and it would have been a perfect presentation, as that angel's under His authority. Here. For, I believe it's because God wanted us to know Him. He wanted us to, to have the opportunity to choose Him, to pursue Him. And if you love me, you will obey my commandments. That's Jesus' word to His disciples. We have an opportunity to demonstrate love to God as worship by obeying Him. Share His news. His last command, go and make disciples. And it must, it must. God has... Has ordained all life begins with seed. We can see it in our in our creation, the creation He gave us. He ordained life begins with seed. And what is the spiritual? Where does the spiritual life begin? It begins with the seed. And the seed, uh, John or Mark chapter four is the gospel. It's the good news of the kingdom. Now, why on earth, if we had that opportunity to interact with Yahweh, with the Almighty Eternal God? by just sh- opening our mouth and sharing that seed, why on earth would we not be about that business today? Mm-hmm. If we understood it, it would become the passion of our heart. And that's why this topic, perhaps more than any of the other five, is, is is dear to my heart because it's the greatest joy there is, to represent God Most High, the creator of heaven and earth, by sharing his good news. What, what more could we ask for of the Lord than to partner with him in that?
0: And Nathan, what I found is it's not, not just an intellectual problem. Uh, it's, it's a problem that, for me, was only resolved through obedience, uh, that I knew enough to know the gospel was true, that it was necessary for salvation. Uh, what I needed to do was get out amongst people, connect with them, and begin sharing. And it's seeing... Uh, the power of God at work in the gospel, seeing people come to faith and get baptized and, and begin or continue the journey of, of learning to obey Jesus, uh, they're the things that's, that have changed my heart. So it sounds funny. you know. My heart was being changed, but it was really changed when, when, I, when I started obeying and started seeing God at work.
1: You just expressed the importance of training.
2: Hmm.
1: You know, uh, because it is a you know in John four, Jesus actually said, "I have food to eat that you know nothing about." To his disciples, he was training them how to share the gospel, and he told them that there is a spiritual nourishment that comes by from representing the Creator in this inside the creation. There's spiritual nourishment for us there, Steve, and your your story. What you just expressed, your testimony is absolutely right. The reason most people don't share, at least in the Western world, where I would say the average believer in the pew probably knows more about the Bible and about theology, I should say, study of God, than any time in history in the church. We really do have an educated priesthood, but they're not mobilized. In which case, their competence is there. For most people to begin sharing and talking about Jesus, competency is there, it's in place. What's lacking is confidence. And so our training, not only in our personal discipline, what keeps me from not sharing, it's confidence, typically. I I fear, I have a a doubt, a lack of faith, even, maybe. Hmm. But competence is not what is, how to say, is necessary to mobilize in most cases. What we need to do is push confidence out there, Uh, and and thus we practice in our trainings. Thus we we encourage, thus we call for commitment to the point that people would just try it. Just open your mouth. Mm. Just just mention Jesus' name and and let him fill in the rest of the sentence at times. Confidence is the reason people don't share. And so we have to train for confidence, which means we're going to practice over and over. We're going to simplify as much as possible so that every believer can be about Sharing the gospel. Now, Steve, we didn't mention it last time, but I Mm -hmm. want to take this second and say as we go through these podcasts and talking about the five parts, last time was entry. We could have mentioned uh, special projects, wells, uh, schools, uh, Jesus film, uh, uh, opportunities to show the Jesus film, things like that as entry strategy. Every one of those is legitimate. Mm. But not every member of the body of Christ can do those things. Not everyone has the resources to go out into a new village and dig a well. Throughout these podcasts, I hope the listeners will hear, we're sticking to the things and to the tools that every believer can, can pick up and use. And the reason for that is what you just said. Confidence is the key result of our training. If a person tries to share, Steve, the competence will come. They have, so the, the non-believer, the first time they share, a brand new believer is trained. We give them four or five verses, memorize these verses, go out and share. They're just simplifying for confidence. They give it a try. And what happens? The non-believer asks them a question that they can't answer. And Steve, that's okay. Because that process of sharing, partnering with the Holy Spirit, pushes them to into learning pushes them to know more pushes their competency wider and wider in the in the west a lot of times we get it backwards we we expect competency before they try right we expect competence before they try so you have to jump over this bar before we're going to cut you loose with the gospel you have to have been a believer this long you have to know these many verses you have to be able to explain this aspect or that aspect of salvation or even of the atonement you know the cross. And because of that, confidence is in the gutter. People people don't think they can, so they don't.
2: Hmm.
1: Flip that over. Simplify to the very basic, essential, to the bare minimum of the gospel, if possible. And allow their confidence to grow. I could do this. I could do that. I could, hmm. I could share that verse. Go out and do it. And when the non-believer asks them a question that they can't answer they're driven back to the Word and their competency will grow by obedience as opposed to by book learning or uh, some extended seminar on how the do's and don'ts of evangelism.
0: So, Nathan, you, you've just made an important transition there from uh, that within our, our lives, within our hearts, we, we have confidence in the, in, in the Gospel and that... Mm-hmm. That changes our behavior, so we're sharing the gospel. But uh, you've also then moved now to uh, we must be training uh, existing believers and new believers to share the gospel in, in simple, reproducible ways because the more complex it gets, the harder it is for them to begin. And so you're saying an important part of our work right from the beginning is to be modeling, but also to be training and releasing others. Is that right?
1: That's right. That's right. And confidence, the, uh, the willingness to try. That's your goal as a trainer, the willingness to try it. And and because so,
0: so you get people, uh, say it's a gospel presentation or a way a simple way of telling their story of faith to someone else. You get them practicing that in the safety of the learning environment And then there's a a sort of a supportive environment where they're going out, they're they're taking the first steps and sharing with others and and then reporting back to the group and being encouraged and learning as they go.
1: That's it, Steve. I think uh, if I just take one minute and run through a typical training, if we meet uh, even believers, a lot of times we've gotten in the habit, we practice as often as possible immediate baptism, so a person accepts Christ at the baptism, we sit them down on the bank of the river, the pond, wherever we may be doing the baptism, and right there, we, if, as often as possible, we do the we do the gospel training right there at, as part of the baptismal service,
2: uh-huh. and it's
1: typically in the first week or two of their faith, and and what we're going to want to accomplish, and again the goal is confidence, so we're going to simplify everything. Uh, if I I would give a teaching. Uh, what I said is, what's the basic essentials of the gospel? You know, three different times in Scripture, Paul says, this is my gospel in his letters. And mm-hmm. one of them, the most simple and concise might be uh, 1 Corinthians 15. What I have heard, what I received, I passed on to you. Of first importance, Christ died for our sins according to Scripture. Mm-hmm. He was buried, was raised, and on the third day according to Scriptures. And then He appeared. Peter and the twelve, others also as many as 500 at a time. Start with that. There's your gospel. Hmm. What's the gospel that Jesus received? Or excuse me, that Paul received? Jesus died for our sins according to the promises of Scripture. He was buried. He rose again. He appeared to his believers. Right? There's your basic gospel. That's the Hmm. message of good news for the kingdom. Can take a minute and and see if the new believer who has accepted that gospel can explain Jesus' death. Not necessarily just how he died on the cross, Hmm. but why. Why did he die? Can you explain that to me?
2: Mm.
1: And then have him explain back to you why the resurrection, why was that important? And, and later on in that same Corinthians passage, he actually says, if Christ was not raised, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith, that verse uh, 14, 1 Corinthians fifteen fourteen. So can the new believer explain why the resurrection was important? He overcame death. He overcame sin. He mm. he proved once and for all that eternal life is in him. Well, there you go. He's the firstborn of creation. Okay, let's. That's taken us five minutes. Yes. Let's go and look at one other verse on the response. And we love Acts twenty twenty one. You know, in that passage, Paul says, uh, "I have not." He's a, he's addressing the Ephesian elders, right? It's mm. the last time to spend with them. He says, I have not failed to declare to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn in repentance and have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. We used to teach that as the big three. Mm. Faith, repentance, and lordship. Right there in that verse. and they, I, I, We won't take time here to explain, or in most cases we won't take time with the brand new believer either, mm. to explain how all those three work together in producing salvation. But faith, repentance... And making Jesus your Lord, giving Him your life, calling Him your owner. Uh, in a polytheistic culture like I live in, that response is essential. That they, from the beginning, they don't have to understand all that's taking place. To tell you the truth, Steve, I've been a believer for a long mm. time now and I still fully understand, right? All of the confessors. It's not whosoever understands is saved, whosoever believes, right? And so... They have those two verses in their pocket. Hmm. They are able to explain what is repentance and turn. Yes. And what faith in the death burial and resurrection. What is lordship? They can explain those big three. They know how to receive Christ unto salvation. But, uh, the fact is still there is faith that doesn't save. You believe there's one God, good. Even the demons believe this, and they turn. But faith is always paired with repentance, and that brings salvation through the Lord Jesus. So we'd spend those five or ten minutes right there on the bank of the river explaining those terms, explaining those two verses. And if a person can share that, understand that, excuse me, we're going to ask them to memorize three or four verses from Romans. Hmm. Ask them to share their testimony for practice sake, what their life was like before Christ, how they met Christ, including faith, repentance, and worship, right? And the true gospel and how their life changed. Mm. From last time, they're going to have a list of at least 25 non-believers in their oikos, their household, right? Mm-hmm. And next week, which five or more are you going to share with? Over the next month, which are the 20? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's uh, training for confidence as opposed to competence. Confidence will come over time.
0: Okay. And, and uh, I'll post a link uh to when we put this up on the blog to Jeff Sundell has just a handy um, summary of some of the things you've just talked about in the discipleship cycle and there's some other resources. If people are sort of wondering, well, what's a little outline that I could use with people in teaching them to share their, their story or share the gospel story? We'll, we'll put some tools there um, so they can follow through. But, Nathan, yeah. what, what you're saying here is, and I'm thinking of people who are in that role of wanting to, to make disciples and multiply disciples and churches, uh, we've got to be out there with confidence sharing the gospel, but we must also, as we do that, be training, not just teaching up front, but actually getting alongside of new believers and existing believers and help them practice and gain yes. confidence and, and, and then um, support and hold each other accountable as we go and share with others.
1: I hope that rings in your ears, mm-hmm. anyone who listens. The reason people don't share, the reason believers mm-hmm. don't share is not a competence issue, it's confidence. So mm-hmm. practice everything. One of the keys for training, practice everything. Don't assume at the end of your Sunday morning message that they're going to go home and obey. You've, you've challenged them, you've commissioned them, But if you haven't seen them practice Mm -hmm. it, the confidence could still be lacking to actually do it. And the enemy will prey on that, and he'll he'll rob their witness. Steve, uh, that's what it's about, training. and You can't multiply without training others.
2: Go ahead.
0: Well, I know, Nathan, that um, uh, too often those of us that are in upfront leadership are exhorting people to share. We're not sitting Mm -hmm. down with them and saying, well, tell me your story and uh, let's see if we can get that down just to a few minutes or hey how how about i be your your next door neighbor and what would you say to me if if uh, i i wanted to know how i could follow jesus and um so we're exhorting without training and i think that's why uh, a lot of our people are are feeling um, a bit overwhelmed um so and I, yeah. I think that also helps those of us that have been church planters or disciple makers and we've sort of felt like, well, I've got to go win all those people, when what you're saying is you, you're a pioneer, you're an example, and you're a trainer. So keep, keep training, mm-hmm. keep encouraging, and make sure there are multiple numbers of people out there and even trainers out there so that the gospel's going out through, through God's people.
1: Can I give you a case study on that? Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, I realize uh, we're in our third podcast. I haven't told mm-hmm. really any stories of the fields we've worked in. Uh, we took up a John 4, and just uh, we can talk about the Samaritan woman maybe in a minute or two, but just as simple as we could, showing that any believer could be mobilized, we took up the, wo- the Samaritan woman as an example, and we started training. We started challenging people to share, and uh, Jeff Sundell was actually uh, my mentor at that time, and uh, still is to this day in a lot of ways. He challenged us, Nathan, train 500 people in the next calendar year how to share the gospel. Okay, we took that charge up. We trained 500, more or less, a few more actually. Mm. And you know, we found, Steve, that 50, you now we working in very receptive fields. That's not an excuse, that's just... Uh, you won't find any receptivity if you don't sow. But uh, we trained five more than 500. We found 50 people that had won uh, at least a, an entire family to faith out of 500. Hmm. And the goal, as we trained, was always five people a week. Now, in the Asian context, for most people, that meant I need to target a family. Five people in a family, I'm going to share with a family. And that we kind of stumbled on, but praise God, they were getting into those houses of peace, sharing with a family. And so that meant 20 people a month. Now, over the next couple years, we saw not only at those 50, that about 8 to 10% were faithful out of the people we trained. 500 equaled 50. But we found 10 of those, 500 initially, and 10 of those 50 that could also begin to train others. Huh. So we started supplying trainers as well. Hey, the training is not just the gospel presentation is simple, but the training is simple. So you ten, you go out and train five hundred. Mm. Not all of them, did. not all of them trained five hundred, but some of them did. And by within just two or three years, brother, we weren't training five hundred a year but through those disciples. We were training more than five thousand a year, how to share the gospel. Mm. We had trainings going all over the states that we were working in. Well, you do the math, Steve. In fact, we did at that time. There was no way to know how many people were hearing the gospel. But we were driven by that question from the beginning, how many will hear the gospel today as part of our envision, right? Mm. 5,000, 10%
2: is
1: 500 faithful seed sowers sharing with 20 people a month. We could estimate 10,000 people a month hearing the gospel, Steve. And within two years of that initial goal... Given to us by Jeff Sundell. Ten thousand people a month. I'll tell you what that translated into. Uh, by two thousand nine s- several networks working, we were we were getting reports of forty-six baptisms a day, Steve. Mm. Per day. Sustained over at least one calendar year. Attracted in 2009, 46 baptisms a day for the entire year.
2: Mm. And
1: we didn't perform any of those baptisms. Those were brothers for multiplying C and we had we had seen a, an army mobilized.
2: Mm.
1: That's, and that's mm. what it takes to get this. To Your efforts are never enough. Train, seed, soak. Now that brings us to John four, perhaps.
0: Okay. That brings us to John four. Did you say?
1: I, I would love to take a minute
0: there, if mm. you don't mind. Yes, yes.
1: You know uh, how many times you've heard this message preached? The Samaritan woman, right? Uh, i remember remembered as a kid and. And, and people have written on it over the years. And so often they look at, and I think rightly so, they look at Jesus' model. He offered the woman living water, you remember?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, though she'd had five husbands, she was willing. And you must worship in spirit and truth. Beautiful text. And yet, Jesus' gospel presentation is not the key emphasis of that passage. The key impact and the whole context in that passage is Jesus training his disciples how to win an insider, work through that insider to reap an entire village. It's Luke 10 on steroids, if you will. Mm. He wins that woman, and that's where our messages typically come, but realize he then looks at his disciples even as the process is ongoing and say, "You say four months more and then the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes, look at the fields. You realize, Steve, they had if you remember that story, they had gone to the, the disciples had gone to the Samaritan woman's town to buy food and returned. They passed her on the way to town, mm. passed her on the way back. They never realized, their eyes were never open to see that she was ripe for homelessness. Mm. What are we really saying? They only thought about their stomachs, and they totally missed the tension of it. But Jesus shames them, honestly. Mm. Safe face culture we face so many times here in Asia. Jesus shamed them. He said, you say, but you have no idea. And he then, the shame wasn't complete yet. He used the last person we would have ever chosen. A woman from a backward area with no potential for education. Brand new belief. She just met Jesus. Right? Horrible reputation, if I can say that. Hmm. at that day... To have been with five men and to live with another, uh, she was not the person we would have chosen. And that might be the reason the disciples never realized that she was God's plan for that village. I've never won an entire village to faith in a day, but that Mm -hmm. woman led them to Jesus' feet. And what did she do? Verse 29, you can see it. She said two things. Come see the man who told me everything I ever did. One sentence recorded under the inspiration of the Spirit. Gone, right? Come see the man who told me everything I ever did. That's verse 29 of John 4. Verse 39 says, calls that her testimony. Will people in the town believe because of the woman's testimony? Come see the man. And secondly, she asked the question, could this be the Savior? I would suggest, Steve, when we present Jesus as the Savior and call people for decision, you remember what I said earlier? Gospel and response. Hmm. Presenting the—that's presenting the gospel. And in that one sentence, John recorded a simple gospel presentation. Do you believe Jesus is the Savior or not? Mm-hmm. That's what she said to the, the whole town. Followed her and met Jesus. At the end, we don't just because of what you said. Now we're ourselves, and we know this is the Savior of the world. That was the crowd's testimony. And the last person we would have chosen was used by Jesus to unlock the entire village. So you've got entry and gospel in a training setting because Jesus is training his disciples how to go about the kingdom. Mm. That's beautiful.
0: Yes. Yes. And uh, he didn't send them in to the village. Well, he sent them in to get food, but he didn't send them in there to reach that village. He chose this woman instead.
1: That's right. And the whole scenario, the impact is not that the Samaritan town came to faith, but that his disciples learned once and for all the lesson. Mm. I, I believe they never forgot. You can see mm. it played out in Acts. Mm. The last person should would expect. Every believer should be mobilized to represent Jesus Christ. Mm. Every believer should be with the Holy Spirit. You don't think Peter learned that? He took Exodus 19. Exodus 19, the conditional covenant God gave to Israel to be priests, and in 1 Peter 2, he applied it to the church. He said, You are a kingdom of priests. You are a holy nation. Once you were not a people. Now you are a people that you might declare his praises. Brother, to the elect scattered across all those areas, Cappadocia, Asia, Bethesda, that he writes 1 Peter, he's mobilizing to the end of his life. He's mobilizing seed sowers. And I think he learned that lesson in John 4. And, and we look at how many in our churches, Steve, have not, will not share the gospel this year. And mm. it is to our shame. Mm. It's our duty to mobilize. So we, through our model and our personal disciplines, but also by a confidence-oriented training, mm. just try it. Mm. Call for that commitment. And competence will come as they obey.
0: And... And just, uh, I guess, to recap, Nathan, then if, if people are listening to this and say, yeah, we want to dive in and do this, then uh, it's really important that we've done that, that work in the Scriptures, the Gospels gripped us, we're modeling. As soon as po- as that is happening, we're inviting to train others and we're making sure it's so simple. Uh, we're giving them opportunities to practice together and with us in a safe environment. We're providing um, encouragement and support as uh, people go out. And so we're, we're, we're doing and we're training, but we're also looking amongst those who have, have been trained, who, who are the ones who are immediately obeying what they're learning and how could right. we help them train others?
1: That's right. Steve, uh, and uh, the motivation is intrinsic. It comes from within. Mm-hmm. People push on us often, you know, uh, in CPM, maybe we're too pragmatic, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, maybe we're replacing some works-based religion with, uh, with, uh, with works-based obediences, you know. But what they don't understand, if they've lost track of it maybe sometimes in their own life. What they don't understand is that as new believers go out and do this, the Holy Spirit mm. meets them mm. in the task and yes. confirms in this partnership mm. that love of intimate relationship that is their walk. When they mm. fall in love with that, they're compelled. Mm. It's, not a, it's not a works for salvation obedience. Mm. It's a, we have been saved, and we have a living God who is uh, confirming our testimony. They they discover that truth, they'll never stop sharing
0: mm. And so, That's the we, as they do that, as earthen vessels in in weakness, um, not knowing all the answers, you're saying the Holy Spirit is present with them. And before we talked about the the gospel itself, is is the dynamic presence of God for salvation. And so they go out; they can go out confident because they've had some training and some encouragement, but also because God is with them through His Word and through the Holy Spirit. And and I know we've really just been on this journey, uh, Michelle and I, in our own local ministry here, uh, you know, probably for about three years now. And we're beginning to see a steady stream of people come to faith, and that's changed us. We're beginning to see... Uh, you know, tonight I'll be with uh, two new believers, a, a, a married couple. We baptised them last night, and we'll go Isn't over it? again their stories, which they told us last night. What is the gospel? We'll talk about God's presence in the, you know, through the Word and the Holy Spirit, and we'll begin helping them identify. You know, who could they be sharing with? Um,
1: I think that's essential, Steve. Mm. Mobilize them immediately. What the believer does in the first month, he'll do the rest of his walk. Now, mm. you tell them to sit down for the mm. first month, guess what you'll get? The rest of their walk. Mobilize them immediately. And I think I think that's beautiful. Again, the, what Jesus did with that Samaritan woman. You know, Peter, James, John, they were there. But Jesus didn't use them for that
2: town.
1: These mm. great evangelists, his great disciples, the apostles, right?
2: Mm. He
1: put them aside. Use the brand new belief. And that's what I hear you saying. Mm. This family just faith, you baptize them, you've demonstrated obedience last night, give them another task of obedience today. Who's mm. their boycott? Yeah, the 20, the 20, here. Mm. Here's how you could share. Go get them.
0: Well, this has been uh, great to hear, Nathan, and we'll we'll put some links onto the podcast or onto the post where the podcast is with just some simple outlines that people can use in in training others you've given us some really down to earth things to begin doing and what what's our topic next time nathan
1: well we've sown the seed gospel presentation now we're going to talk about nurturing new growth which is beginning and long-term discipleship
0: looking forward to it thanks